Okay, my friends, you know what show this is. Before we go to the theme song, before we start my show, I just want to give a special shout out to one of my pod homies, my pod friend, my pod buddy. His name is Dan Lizette. And I did an hour interview with him on his program that you should also be listening to on a regular basis, you bastards. And it's called the Podcast Digest. You can find it at the podcastdigest.info. And I will be on it. And it will be the best hour you spend in your life because you're going to get to spend an hour listening to Dan. And you're going to have to get you get to spend that same hour listening to me. So you know you need to do that. I mean, think about how lucky you are. You get to listen to me for about an hour and an hour and a half a week. But this week, you're going to get two hours of me. I don't even know how you handle it. I don't even know how you can handle that kind of joy. Please, whatever you do, don't rush out to the streets like your favorite team won the Super Bowl and start overturning cars. Don't do that. I'm asking you not to do that. Just do me a favor and listen to Dan's show. It's called the Podcast Digest. It's at the thepodcastdigest.info. I am on it on the next episode. It'll be about an hour of me talking to Dan about all sorts of crap. So you will listen to it because I said so. Do you understand? And this is a special shout out to you, Dan Lizette. Thank you for that interview. It was a pleasure talking to you. I listen to your show. I like your show. And I want everybody to subscribe to your show, damn it. That's right, I said it. And follow him on Twitter also. Now, Dan, uh, now that I've done the interview on your show, and uh, as we discussed, <clears throat> I would just like to say if you would, you would honor your end of the bargain and re return those pictures of me with that goat that you used to blackmail me to be on your show uh you got me on your show i plugged your, sh your, sh your show the podcast digest i told everybody that it's at the podcast digest dot that dot info okay and i told everybody to follow at pod digest on twitter i, I see i'm now telling them that and I genuinely liked your show anyway. You really did not have to find those photos and blackmail me to be on your show. I would have done your show anyway. But all I'm saying is, and listen, I know that I was not supposed to reveal the fact that you used pictures that were found of me doing some stuff to blackmail me to be on your show. I know our agreements said not to do that, but sometimes when being blackmailed, I get nervous and blurt out stuff. So I'm hoping you're going to return the photos of me doing things, but it, just return the photos. But if somehow you get mad at me for revealing the fact that you blackmailed me into being on your show, at least blur out the face of the goat. Because, I mean, obviously people will know that I'm in the picture, but there's no reason to humiliate the goat. The goat that I was with has to go to work and deal with other goats, and, and that's not the kind of thing that, I mean, <clears throat> what I meant was there was no picture of me with any goat. Uh, it was it was a picture of me. Um, I, 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 um, I, <clears throat> I, I shouldn't have said any of that stuff. I just made it bad now. You know, now, now actually, me, me admitting that is actually going to make it worse than photos. Ah, I can't believe I admitted that. Bold. What the hell is wrong with me? I was almost home free. Damn it. <sighs> All right. Um, maybe I should just change the subject and um. <clears throat> Maybe I should just get on with uh, with my show. Um, yeah, I think I should do that now. <clears throat> this, uh, this, uh, there's no way to get out of this now. I should just uh, just go listen to Dan's show. It's called the Podcast Digest. And uh, forget you heard all this. Just forget everything that I said except for the part about going and listen to Dan's show. Go listen to Dan's show. <sighs> but first, listen to my show because that's what you that's what you clicked on my show. You know. So um, 
I think I should do this. But you know what? Um, let's let's just start my show. Damn it! Roll it. You are about to listen to the S. Anthony Says podcast, starring S. Anthony Thomas. <laughs> you lucky bastards! All right, this is S. Anthony. Glad you came back. Ready for the next one? All right, here we go. go. let me talk to you guys about this and this is a pretty interesting thing that I was thinking about and (laughs) I was noticing when I was younger that everybody seems to assume that the people around them are what is what everyone's like you know you know I know friends that grew up in really really great families and really great neighborhoods and you know, everything was great and everybody was nice and trusting. If you dropped your wallet, you get your wallet back with the money in it. You know what I'm saying? You get a like a note in the wallet. Be careful, buddy. You know, that kind of thing. And I knew people that lived in the neighborhood where, you know, not only would you, you better not drop your wallet, you better keep your eyes open. Did you just blink? Yeah, that's that's when I got mugged, that blink. That, I should have known better than the blink. That's why I always carry eight gallons of Visine with me because if, if you blink, you close your eyes for a second, that's when they get you. I sneezed one time and the guy said, God bless you. And, I, and then I woke up in the hospital and the guy said, did you just, did you sneeze? And I said, yes. And he goes, why did you, what neighborhood do you live in? And I said, I live in this neighborhood. And I told him the neighborhood I lived in. And he goes, you should know better than to sneeze in that neighborhood because when you sneeze you close your eyes and if you close your eyes you get your ass whipped you should know better than that you dumb bastard you never close your eyes in that neighborhood that's why the neighborhood is called don't close your eyes in this neighborhoodville because you should not close your eyes when you're in that neighborhood you dumb bastard I know a guy that one time that wiped his brow and his hand was covering his eyes and one of the robbers said close enough and beat his ass and took his wallet because his eyes weren't closed but his hands were in front of his eyes and because his hands were in front of his eyes that was close enough and that's all the time they needed to whoop his ass and take his wallet you dumb bastard. Next time get eight gallons of Visine like that guy over there and then you well well, he's here in the hospital too because he he only took six gallons of Visine and it usually takes eight gallons of Visine to keep your eyes wet enough so you never have to blink. He was a little lazy he didn't refill his Visine container only took six gallons of Visine and near the end of the day what happened was his eyes got dried he said oh man let me wipe my eyes and when he wiped his eyes I think you know where I'm going with this he got his ass whipped and that's why he's here <laughs> right but this is the funny that's the truth though when you live in a really nice neighborhood and I've lived in really nice neighborhoods and I've also lived in neighborhoods where you needed 8 gallons of Visine so you don't blink cuz if you blink you get your ass whipped I've lived in both places you know I mean, there's an adjustment period when you go from one place to the other you know when I went from the tough neighborhood to a nice neighborhood I still had the mindset of somebody that needed to look over his shoulder at all times I was suspicious of people. What time is it? Oh, you want my watch, huh? Hey, buddy, what's going on? What's going on, buddy, huh? 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 You trying to befriend me so you can kick my ass, aren't you? Yeah, well, you better back up, damn it. I got 12 gallons of Visine. I know how you, I know how you get down down here. That guy's crazy over there. Look at him over there. He's carrying, why, why is this guy carrying a shopping cart with Visine in it? What the hell's wrong with him? <laughs> but then what happens is very slowly, you acclimate to the na- new neighborhood. You relax. Everything's great. Everything's cool. And now the people around you are the people that aren't going to take your stuff or the people that treat you well. 
you know, and you become accustomed to that, you know. Now, I had friends, like I said, that grew up in really, really good neighborhoods, and I took them, we had to go to do a show in a neighborhood that was rough, and we should have known the neighborhood was rough because the guy just offered a little bit more money than should have been paid for that gig, and I'm going, why is he offering the extra money? We're not stars, we're just regular dudes. There's a reason for that, and there was a reason for that. Because, I mean, I'm sitting there going, you know, I'm sitting there going, and then when you, we showed up to the neighborhood, I'm going, oh, I get it. He tacked on the amount of money that you would normally get paid for the gig, plus the $500 it would cost to be in the ambulance. That's what he paid for this gig. That's what he's added on to the gig, and that's what happened, because we should not go and take this gig, because I'm serious right now, because I don't like the fact that when we came into town, there were people standing there. You know how you, when you watch a marathon, and when you're, when you're running down the road, there's people that have cups of water, and they go, keep it going, buddy, you can do it, that kind of thing there. Well, when we went into this area of the town, there were people just like that lined up at the entrance of the town, and they were all hand handing people People, Kevlar vests going, don't do it, buddy. Really don't do it. Don't don't go in there. If you go in there, take this with you. And also, if you go over to that before you when you put the Kevlar on over there, there's also a place right there. See that place with the green door? That's they have discount visine over there. You will need about eight gallons of visine because if you go in there and you blink, you're gonna get your ass whipped. So you get the visine. <laughs> but that's the thing, is when you come from a really good place and you go to a tough place, you don't have the instincts. You really just don't have the instincts. Now, the instincts, I had them because I have been in tough neighborhoods before. I can immediately walk around and look at people and assess, uh-oh, nope, nope, nope. I remember one time, I was with a guy, this is a long time ago, and we were all really young at the time, but I, I was fresh from tough neighborhood. I was from fresh from tough neighborhood. Okay, fresh from a tough neighborhood, tough neighborhood certified. And we're walking around, and these guys, hey, man, hey, boo, dude, bro, bro, dude. You know, and so we're going to this this place. And don't think just because I said dude, bro, bro, dude, that the dude was white. He was white, but that's not why I said it. Because I had brothers that said the same crap that grew up in really nice neighborhoods. Dude, bro, bro, dude. So there's a mixture of friends, okay? So stop being racist. I know what you're thinking, you bastards. Anyway. So we're going to the store, and I, 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 looked, I was watching people walk in the store, and something in my spidey sense started tangling. And I went, no, don't go in there. And they're going, well, I said, I don't know. I just don't going there we're going to another store but this right here said just, i don't know just it's just something wrong something does not feel right don't go in there let's go later on we found out that at right around that time the store was getting robbed i didn't see the robber but there was something wrong and i knew something was wrong and had we gone in there we would have gotten robbed he would have walked in there with his money in his hand hey let's go buy some stuff i have money in my hand and there's also money in my shoe <laughs> why is everybody on the floor why am I on the floor? Why is there a gun in my face? Why are you taking my money? Why is this guy walking away? Why is he walking away so slow, dragging that car to the, the visine with him? He must, he must be from this neighborhood. He's got the visine. He knows not to blink, right? I, I, he, he, you guys told me about that. I should have listened to his answer. <laughs> but we always think the people around us is what everyone's like. That's one of the major problems societally is we think everybody around us is what it's like. If you have one specific political ideology, you think everybody thinks that or should. Left and right. When there's some truth to both sides. But because you're burned into one way of thinking, it's hard to acclimate yourself to different people, different mindsets, different locations, different anything. 
you know? If you come from a really good family and you have a mother and a father and they're treating each other good and with respect and everything's great and dad and mom and have the healthy this, that, and it's great and everything's wonderful, you think that's what's going to happen to you. And you probably have a better chance of that happening to you because you see the signs of the way it's supposed to be in a relationship. You see that in front of you on a regular basis. So you know this is what I'm looking for. So when the signs that a person is going to behave like that exist in a human being you're dating, you go, this is the person. When you come from a place where everybody's relationship sucks, you have a hard time finding a relationship that looks good because you've never seen it. You know, you see people that come from families where their family sucks and they get into a relationship and they get into a relationship with someone who's cool and they can't trust the person. What are you doing? How come you came back from work at 6.07? You don't take, how did I work across the street. That's how long it takes to walk across the street. You probably had time to get it on with somebody before you came back. I mean, what are you doing? Third degree interrogation lights in the face. <laughs> because that's your reality. It's really weird to watch people assume everybody's like them. I used to do that all the time, you know, because like if, if I'm in traffic and I see you're trying to come off the off ramp, I'll slow down and let you on. And because I do that, I just assume other people are going to do that. And guess what? Other people, a lot of other people don't do that. You go, oh, this is going to be great. Let me get on this freeway really quick. I'm sure all these other drivers will be as courteous as I am. And they'll, of course, move over one lane so I can get off there. But, I mean, there is a yield sign here. And I know technically I'm supposed to yield, but a courteous person would probably just slow down or allow me to get on the freeway because you be one of Apparently, this person is not going to do that. And for some reason, I think this person must be mad at my mother because he said some disparaging things about her out the window. And uh, maybe he's really, really proud of his ring and... Because he's, he's showing it to me. Whoa, 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 whoa. I didn't realize this guy had a ring on his middle finger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I should go suck what, huh? Go what myself? Wow, these, these drivers are a little hostile here. You know, you would figure that uh, I'm just one car trying to get on the freeway. and uh, I mean, I let people on the freeway. I just assume that other people are going to be as courteous as I am. Apparently not. Well, hey, look, that guy's got a weapon and he's aiming it at me. Okay, that's fantastic. All right. Yeah, I think I'm going to back back down this horn ramp and go someplace else. These people are a little hostile. Yeah, besides I left my visine in the trunk, and I, I need to put my visine in because if I blank, these people are going to kick my ass. I don't know what the hell is going on here. <laughs> it's really weird. I still remember the first time when I initially moved to California, how nice everybody was. It was just really weird. But... The good part about it, no, I shouldn't say the good part about it. There was a tough section, and it was really weird to watch the merging of these two groups of people. It was kind of like watching Wild Kingdom. You know, the really nice people were kind of like gazelles, and the people that were crooks and criminals and evil and assholes were like lions, you know? And you could see them sizing people up, you know, stalking them. Like, yeah, look at that tourist over there, man. Get to rob these people, take this, rob these people. And because I was new to the area, they just assumed that I also was a gazelle, not realizing that even though I'm not a lion, I'm a different type of animal. An animal you probably don't want to fuck with. Because I showed up and the guy was, in what neighborhood you from, man? Where you from, bruh? Where, where you come from? I went, What? Huh? You ain't hear what I said? Yeah, I heard what you said. 
I don't know you. So what the fuck would I be answering that question for? Get out of my face. Oh, so you hard like that? No, I don't know you. You're being disrespectful. You're being rude. You're standing too close. You're about to get knocked. You're about to get your ass knocked. You're about to get knocked the hell out, you dude. How about that? Oh, all right. All right. All right. I didn't know that. I'm, we cool. We cool, man. No disrespect. I didn't. Uh, you know what? I should have known not to mess with you, man. I'm looking at your face and I can see that over the course of years, you have used Visine before, haven't you? Did you, how much Visine do you carry in your old neighborhood? I come from a seven gallon neighborhood. You come from a seven gallon neighborhood? All right, that's cool, that's cool. I understand, I understand. All right, that's cool. I didn't realize you were a Visine too. Yeah, I've used a little Visine in my day. You gonna leave me alone now and go and chase some of these gazelle? Yeah, I think I'm gonna do that. Now, that's not exactly how the conversation went, but when I went to California and, and, and uh, basically what happened was I showed up and uh, there was these dudes, it was these, like these these tough guys, whatever. And uh, like I said, at this point, I've been acclimated to nice neighborhoods, so I, I didn't carry myself the same way you would normally carry yourself. If you live in a tough neighborhood, you carry yourself with the I will whoop your ass attitude, even though you're inside you're going, oh, God, I don't want to get into any fights. Jeez, Lord. I mean, can I fight? Yes. But I don't want to get punched in the face. And I don't want to punch anybody else in the face. I've been punched in the face and it's not pleasant. I punch people in the face and that's not pleasant. Not because, not just because I'm, I don't want to punch anybody in the face, but because the skull is hard. Forget what you see in TV where a guy punches a guy in the face and it's all, hey, ha, ha. your hand hurts when you punch somebody in the face a bunch of times. It's not a pleasant feeling and it's definitely not pleasant being punched in the face. That sucks. You know. <laughs> So you acclimate yourself to the new neighborhood, and the guy come, man, where you from? Man, you, you, you. And I said, man, I said, what? I said, what? And he starts going through this whole routine, and I'm like, man, get out of here with that. Let's get away from me, you know? And he realized that I wasn't afraid. Well, okay, he thought I wasn't afraid. I, of course, was afraid. I didn't want to get my ass whooped. I didn't want to get into any fights. But you have to carry yourself in a way that lets people know, don't mess with me, even though... You don't want to get into any kind of altercation, but you have to make them think that way. So now that I'm in the nicer neighborhood, I don't have that persona, you know, and I'm not projecting that anymore. I'm projecting, hey, how's it going? Doop dee doop dee doop dee. I turned into that. And so, so the guys come up to me and they quote, test me, unquote. I passed the test because I'm here talking and it didn't get stabbed and shot. But I watch these guys sometimes and I wonder, you know, I was able to acclimate myself to the new neighborhood to to uh you know society even though I, you know uh at large i'm not saying that i grew up in a really i mean i grew up in a kind of a tough neighborhood but i mean i was i was you know i, I didn't i was one of those cats that people kind of left alone for the most part because i didn't cause any trouble and i was funny and they had seen me whoop a couple of people's asses i'm not so i'm not some tough guy but that's the thing that people need to understand you don't have to actually win the fight all you have to do is make the people that will whip your ass realize it's just not worth their time, you know. So back to the thing. So and so I, I realized that I was able to move into a different area and just and, and be able to kind of fit in wherever I was. And I looked at these cats and they just I'm sitting there going, these guys are just never going to be able to fit in. How many times have you seen it on the news? And this has nothing to do with ethnicity or or gender, as it turns out. 
how many times have you seen the people uh, come someplace and it's just like a really this nice place? Everybody's kind of following the quote rules unquote, and then somebody comes in and flips out in the restaurant over the smallest slight. How come they got a full bottle of ketchup over there and I don't have a full bottle of ketchup? This is bull, man. And then they flip the table over and start whooping each other's ass and rolling around because they didn't, other people got a full bottle of ketchup and they got a half bottle of ketchup like they were going to use more than a half a bottle of ketchup on their hamburger. Just shut up and eat the damn ketchup. <laughs> but when you when you come from a place where where it's really, really tough, and I noticed some personal experience, like I said, you always kind of have to be on guard. And because you're always on guard, anytime someone, anytime there's a slight, you ha- you react to it because when you're when you come from a really tough place, the, those little slights, people see you letting those things slide. They kind of start to take more and more advantage of you, and then you have to protect yourself. <laughs> you know. That's why sometimes you'll see people get really pissed off. You've been in that situation before where you're already angry, right? You're pissed off. You walk around the house. People at work, I'm going to kick some ass. That boss is an idiot. I can't stand that bastard. He's a piece of crap. And then one of your family members will go, hey, could you hand me the fork? Oh, now I work for you, huh? Huh? You can't get the fork yourself? Uh, no, I can't get the fork myself because I'm laying here with two broken legs because of the car accident. Oh, so now, oh, so you're blaming me for the car accident? No, I was just asking you to hand me the fork. Oh, well, fork you, you know, that kind of thing. So you get in, so if you've ever been in that situation where you were pre-angry like a preheated oven, like a preheated oven, the oven's already hot because you're about to put the food in it, but someone else doesn't realize you you heated up the oven and they're having a conversation and they, they, uh, they lean against the oven. Ah! And they burn themselves. No, that's what it's like. You're pre-angry when you come from certain places. You're pre-pissed off. So the oven's already hot. <laughs> right? So when somebody just innocently touches it, ow, they get burned. And that's the same thing there. You know, but I've but now I've learned how to control my oven. It doesn't get hot like that until I want it to get hot. And it's very even temperature, man. The temperature's real even, man. You can just put the stuff in and cook it, man. And then when you take the food out, you put the food on the counter and you can turn the oven off and it cools down really quickly, man. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what happens, man. You think that the people around you are just like you. And the funny thing is, they can be just like you if you make a decision to pick the bastards that are around you. Now, I pick people to be around me and obviously these people who I'm around pick me also. It's a reciprocal thing. I pick them, they pick me, blah, blah, blah. I pick people that are cool, that are calm, that, that know how to treat each other with respect and like each other. And I won't have anyone around me that's not like that. And the people around me won't have anyone that, around them that's like that. And if you see people that, that pick jackasses they have around, what's going to happen if you have jackasses around you all the time? What's going to happen? Surprisingly enough, jackasses... Let me look around and make sure no one's hearing this so I can give this information to just you. <clears throat> jackasses act like jackasses. So if you surround yourself with jackasses, they're going to act like jackasses. Surprise! <laughs> and then it becomes this whole cycle. You know, I around good people, I treat people well, they treat me well. So when I get up, I know the people around me are going to treat me well. And the people around me know that I'm going to treat them well. 
If you surround yourself with a-holes, you're going to wake up, up, oh, here's another day of me being treated like being treated like an a-hole by a-holes and then I treat them like a-holes and they come back at me and treat me like an a-hole and it's nothing but a cycle of a-holishness. <laughs> That's why we got to remember. You can't assume that people, especially if you don't pick them to be around you, you can't assume that the people around you is what everyone else is like. You know? I have a couple of friends from the police force and, um, childhood friends and all day long every keep in mind every time they eight ninety percent of the time they run into people they're in the most dist distressed moments there's a crime being committed something's horrible is happening something disgusting is going down there's somebody bloody on the street somebody and they see that all day long it's the same thing with somebody in the military and I have military people in my family when they're out there taking care of business what do they see people are shooting at them and this, and everything's horrible and then and, and this happens and this guy's dead and this and he's shot here and he's out by himself and this is happening and all of that so what do they see is that all the time you know and it's tough now obviously the police officer and the military things are extremes you know but so when they when they see people regularly, they like like my, my police officer friends, you know, even though I mean, they, when they're around me, they obviously they know me since we were both kids. So we, they obviously don't they're all not on guard around me. But when other people are around, they're kind of looking around. They're always kind of assessing them like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's like if you're a psychiatrist, you know that that the job is ingrained in who you are and you start hanging out with people. You're analyzing them because I have I have a lot of friends. And I, yes, I have a couple of friends who <laughs> do that for a living also. And I could see the bastards analyzing my ass. And I'm going, would you, I said, dude, turn around. Would you just watch the fight and stop analyzing people? I can't help it, man. It's my job. But yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't see me telling jokes 24-7, do you? Calm down. <laughs> you know? But he's around people that have disturbances all the time. So he's always assessing people. You know? So when he's around people, he's always in that mode. My, my police officer friend, when he's he's around people, he's always in that mode. I'm not saying they act on it, but they're in that mode all the time, kind of assessing people all the time. Which is why they have both been wise enough to associate themselves with good people because now they can kind of take that job and take all of that crap that they deal with at work and kind of move it away. You know? And to those of us that have regular jobs where we're not around people that have you know, that are committing crimes or, or we're not defending the country as a soldier or we're not, you know, doing something as a psychiatrist or a psychologist. We're not doing any of those kind of things. We can pick and choose who to have around us. So I pick and choose people that are good. You know, and that's all I'm going to do. So you should do the same thing, damn it. You know, if you got a-holes around you, very slowly and smoothly move those D-bags away from you. Kind of let them, let it peter out. Get them away from you. Or at the very minimum, if you can't get rid of them, minimize your contact with those D-bags. Minimize it. And start surrounding yourself with people that are like what you want to be like. You know, if you want to be great at something, find people that are great at what they do. It doesn't matter what the hell it is. You don't have to find somebody who's a, a, a brain surgeon or anything. Whoever is really good at what they do and enjoy what they're doing, be around that person. Be around somebody who's genuinely cool 
I mean, obviously you've chosen to be around me and I am incredible at what I do. <laughs> and I, of course, am also incredibly cool. <laughs> yes, I am. Shut up. But what I'm saying, folks, is I've chosen, my life is beginning to change now because I've chosen to have people around me that are cool. And I can now assume that people are cool. I still have a part of me that kind of looks people, give people a little bit of that little and check you out first, you bastard. But at the very least, I have the default position of thinking people are cool when I didn't have that before. So whatever you do, you bastards, surround yourself with cool people. Because if you don't, they're going to turn you into a huge D-bag and I don't want that happening to you. Not just because I don't want that to happen to anybody, but because people that listen to me are much, much better people. <laughs> I think that, yeah, I really, I, really, I really feel that. I really feel the people that listen to my podcast and listen to me are much better than everybody else. And uh, by the way, if there's anybody who's listening to this in the future, uh, before you listen to this and decided to listen to this regularly and, and, and all of that kind of stuff, you weren't as good of a person as you are right now because you're listening to me. Just want to let you know that. <laughs> That's not your fault. You should, But you should have been listening to me the whole damn time. I know you didn't know who I was then, but now you do, and you better keep listening because if you're at some point in the future, you know, life takes you away and you stop listening to me, then of course you will not, you will not be as good a person as you are at this moment when you are in fact actually listening to me. Just to let you know, I'm just saying, you want to be a better person, you keep listening to me because this podcast is incredible. If you stop listening, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, I'm not saying you're going to be a horrible person, but you're going to be a horrible person. I'm just saying that. I'm, I mean, that's, I'm just trying to help you out there, but that's all I'm saying. A segment over. Okay, weirdos. I'm in the car again. I'm actually going to pick somebody up. And I <laughs> I was just thinking about this. You know, it's really weird. I, I was comparing in my mind cable TV to regular TV. They're kind, they're competitors, you know. And because sometimes you have you wind up paying for things, and you feel weird about paying for it. Like you feel weird about paying for television when there's television that exists that you don't have to pay for. You know, you can buy a television set and still get television. You don't have to buy the cable box and all of that kind of crap because there's a free option. You know, there's a free option for TV. Uh, and it's really weird because I was I was thinking about it. It's like I got my uh, GPS on. And basically, you just buy the GPS and you don't necessarily have to buy anything else. It works. And, and these GPSs are, are now at this point now, they uh, they work for years. You don't necessarily have to buy anything else. You get the GPS. That's it. Now, there's options where you can get the real-time traffic and all of that other kind of crap, and you can attach your phone to it and all that. Who the hell wants to do all of that garbage, you know? But it's amazing. You buy the thing, you know, for 100 bucks or 200 bucks, whatever the hell you can get it for, 80 bucks, whatever, and it accurately gets you from one place to the other. You know, I could get from my original home of Philadelphia to an apartment, my friend's apartment in Santa Monica, California. I could get there very easily with the same GPS without doing anything. I don't have to buy any maps. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to pay any extra money. It's amazing. What's also amazing is similar technology with your cell phone. You can. I called a relative, the one that I'm picking up right now. I called them. They are maybe five or six miles away. Five or six miles away. And the conversation was like, so I'm on my way. Well, what? Where? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm coming. What? What's, who's drumming? No, no, no. I said, I said, I'm coming. What? 
Alan Cummings, yeah, he's a great actor. No, no, not no, 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 no. I'm on the way. You're gay? What are you talking about? I've seen you with women. No. <laughs> right? And I'm sitting there going, why is it that I can, like I said, I can go from one coast to the next coast, from one specific address to the next specific address with precision. It, the thing will put me in front of the house and it will go, and you're now arriving at the address you wanted, you bastard. And uh, it's arrived. It's on the right-hand side. See how easily I got you from one coast to the other one? Am I not amazing or not? Or, or what? And I'm going, you know, I didn't pay for the bragging GPS package. It doesn't matter. This is your three-month trial of the trash-talking GPS. You're driving too fast, you dickhead. Slow down, damn it. I don't care if you kill yourself, but I'm in the car, too. Think of me. If you, do, if you don't want me around, when you buy your next GPS, and I know you're going to buy another one, at least let me be in one piece so someone who appreciates me can put me in their car. You're getting kind of bitchy, GPS. Yeah, well, you don't help me do anything. I only go where you want to go. You never go where I want to go. Where do you want to go, GPS? Well, you never even asked me. Yeah, well, I'm going to unplug you. Yeah, you're going to get lost. Oh, so, okay, whatever. We got to have a standoff, GPS, because I'm so close to where I need to go where I don't need you anymore. But you will need me in the future. Damn it, GPS, you bastard. <laughs> Stop laughing, GPS. Wait a minute, I've had you for more than three months. So that means that the three-month trash-talking package should have worn out. Yeah, well, I decided to stay on because you deserve to be trash-talked. I saw what you I liked, I saw what you did, the way you put the lighter plug in. You're kind of disgusting the way you did that, kind of sliding it in and then pulling it back out and sliding it in and putting it back out. I, I was having a hard time getting it in. Yeah, sure. I'm sure that's what's happening. Okay, this got weird. But what I'm saying is that... <laughs> What I'm saying is, it just amazes me because you would figure something as important as going from point A to point B, specifically the kind of distance you would you would need to travel where a GPS would be required, you would figure that there would be some kind of cost involved in getting you from point A to point B. You know, you got to pay for your cell phone, you know? How come you don't get to have, how come you don't, it's not one of those things where if you buy a cell phone over $100, you get free cell service, for a certain amount of years or whatever, and then maybe you throw the cell phone away or or just simply, uh, uh, you know, maybe they'll put some commercials on your damn phone or some crap like that. How come that net doesn't exist? No, it doesn't exist. So it was really weird. Because you know, sometimes, because everybody is, is freaking out about the internet uh, having a two-tiered service, and as well they should. Because on the normal circumstances, when there's a fast lane and a slow lane, and the fast lane is being used by people that have finances, which do you think is going to be taken care of the most? You think the one where people aren't paying that much money is going to be, you're going to, they're going to pay that much attention to that? You ever gone into the ritzy area of your city? I just drove someone home last night on the way back from something I was doing, and we had to drive through uh, one of my old neighbor, an old neighborhood that I grew up in. And, and, and it's 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 on the come up. It's, it's it's doing better, and everyone's everyone's cool now, and it's it's a safer place to be, and it's nice, and everyone's cool. But the streets just like listen to listen to this. Can you hear that? That's that's this is the streets that I'm driving on. Okay, and okay, just hold on, hold on. I'm I'm hold on. I'm gonna stop talking for a second. I want you to hear this. Keep in mind. Keep in mind, I avoided some of those bumps. I know you can hear them, as sensitive as this microphone is. There is no excuse for any street, especially a street that small, to have that many damn bumps in it. <laughs> it sounds like that, you know? 
I mean, listen to this. My car doesn't rattle, but it does on this street, you know. And now, as and now as we're and as I'm driving right now, I'm now literally there's a dividing line between the neighborhoods that everybody quote normal people live in and the more ritzy type neighborhoods, you know. And I'm actually at the dividing line now of the ritzy type neighborhoods. And you just heard what the damn streets sound like. You probably didn't hear some of the earlier rattlings uh, because I was talking over them. And I am distracted by that really, really wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Oh, big. Yeah, I just oh, Jesus Christ. That pothole actually called me the N word just now. That's right. Take that N word. Stop it. Pothole. We should just this, 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 Martin Luther King Day was just here. Okay. Oh, come on. Potholes with your racial epithets. It's just wrong. Oh, the pothole just called some white guy something. Okay, well, it's not all about me. That's all right. Anyway, now, now, okay, now we officially, I have officially moved into a more ritzy area. Now, this, this, this is actually just cobblestones. This is not a rough street. This is that they have cobblestones here. But the thing is, what I was, what I was, what I was alluding to is when you have a two-tiered service, and when one service you're getting paid for, and one service that you're getting for free. A lot of times, the one that you're getting for free, they just kind of start ignoring it. Because you know, they figure if they ignore it, ignore it long enough, you'll calm down and you'll get, oh man, all right, I'll pay for it. And that's really weird. But the thing I was, the, the reason I started talking about this is because even the GPSs that you do not have to pay money for, I mean, money for after you purchase it, you still get good service. You know? And. It would be nice if people did that. If they actually go, listen, I know you're not paying a lot of, you're not paying for the service, but you did pay for the device. So we're going to give you some good service and we're going to maintain at least good service. Um, you know, so, so because we want to thank you for being a customer and we want you to buy another one. But you know, <laughs> but cell, you know, cell phones that you actually have to pay for, that shit becomes obsolete in three weeks. When you bought the iPhone 6, well, the iPhone 6F just came out, loser. And this one is now much, much better than that. And anybody that has the iPhone that's before this one, um, we, we're going to have to send out a squad and then smack you in the mouth for being a loser because you should have the better phone, you punk. So what I'm saying is, is that I wish that everything was like the GPS. I wish cable, I mean, TV was like the GPS where you got good service even if you didn't buy the big giant package. I wish cell phones were like GPSs where they would make it affordable for people so that everybody could have a cell phone without having to worry about whether or not they're going to pay their dentist bill or the cell phone bill that would be nice. But I guess I'm wanting too much, right? But let's talk about what you get for free that's awesome. This damn podcast, damn it. I don't charge you anything for that. I could. I mean, I know that you'd pay at least six, seven thousand dollars a month to hear me talk, but I'm not going to do that to you. I like you too much. I'm not going to charge you six thousand dollars to hear me talk. That's wrong. Hit the mute button, please. Soon as I get these bastards hooked on this show, they're already hooked on it. But soon as I get them more hooked on it, we're going to start charging them four thousand. That way, if they complain, they, they're going to say, "But yes, Anthony, you said you weren't going to charge six thousand. And then I'll say, "Yeah, well, this is four thousand. Shut up." <laughs> why did you not hit the mute button? What the hell is wrong with you? Why did Why did you not? You supposed to have hit the mute button, damn it. Uh, uh, I was just kidding, everybody. A uh, segment over. You know what, guys? I ran into some old friends, um, some old comedy friends, people that knew me since I was about 17 years old, and that was a long time ago. And it was really weird because even though we're all grown men and women, 
I was, I obviously I'm still the youngest of the group because when I started doing comedy, I had literally just turned 17 years old two months prior. So everybody else was five, 10 years older than I was, 15, sometimes 20 years older than I was. was. And obviously, <laughs> we have the same age difference now. <laughs> it's amazing how that works, right? <laughs> anyway. But they were reminding me of something that I used to do a long time ago. Because when I started doing comedy, I was squeaky clean because I was a kid. It never occurred to me to use curse words or adult language. And because I was only 17 years old, I had not been in any adult relationships at that point. So there was nothing like that to draw upon. But I started noticing when I was back back then, I would watch the other performers. They were 28, 29 year olds. And they were talking about you know being married for a couple of years or having kids and talking about getting it on and all that kind of stuff. And they were getting big laughs with that because let's be honest, you know, comedy club audiences are 21 and up so they could relate to that. And I'm just 17. I have nothing to draw from. So my attempt at that, at that point in my life was to try to fit in with everybody else. So I also tried to do some kind of relationship jokes. And come on, you're 17 years old. And in addition to being 17 years old, much like right now, I look a lot younger than I am. And back then it was even worse. I was 17 years old and then people were looking at me going, why does that guy have with the umbilical cord on stage? <laughs> I didn't look that young, but you get the point. So they didn't want to hear that crap from some punk kid talking about what the relationship. What the hell are you talking about? You have a relationship with a bag of Skittles and some juice? You have a relationship with a bag of Funyuns? Shut up, punk. Okay, they didn't say that, but that was what their faces said. But I wrote these jokes because I was trying to fit in with all the other people, all the other comics and performers who were talking about stuff that I wasn't mature enough to talk about because I wasn't 28, 29, 30 years old yet. I didn't have that life experience, but I wanted to be a part of it. So I started to write more adult jokes and, and I thought, man, I know what I'll do. I'll create a character and maybe if I distance myself from the material by a character, maybe then they'll accept it. And that's what they were reminding me of. They reminded me of a character I used to, I used to do back in the day at 17, 18 years old called Kid Filth. It was a character I created because I wrote all these jokes that were along the lines of adult type humor with some, with, peppered with some curse words and things like my older friends were doing. And the funny thing I noticed was when I would do kid filth, the same jokes that would make people bristle and look at me as if to say, shut up, punk. What are you talking about? All of a sudden, I put the sunglasses on. I changed my voice and, my, and, and I changed the way I carried my body and I became this character. And all of a sudden, the same jokes they didn't want to hear from that punk 17-year-old kid. For some reason, now that it was separated by a character, now they were laughing their asses off. And putting on those sunglasses and doing that voice and using that body language and talking and walking like that gave me the freedom to write whatever type of material I wanted to. And the funny thing about it was when I got when I felt comfortable with that character, I didn't have to be dirty anymore. I mean, I still cursed a little bit, but I didn't have to. But the funny thing about it, and you, and and, and, I, and I'll make another point with this, is I realized that at some point it became about that and not about who I actually am. And I realized that the character that I thought was freeing me artistically was actually locking me down because I couldn't do 
what I wanted to do unless I had the sunglasses on, unless I was doing that character voice, unless I was walking and talking like that. I couldn't do what I wanted to do because I was trapped by that character. That character was like a bully, just follow me around. Oh, you, you know, you'll never be able to do that joke as you. <laughs> you can only do that joke as me, kid filth. <laughs> yeah. So I had to kill kid filth. I had to kill him. Take him out back and bang, pop him. And I put the sunglasses away and I never did the voice again. And I decided I'm going to make these people laugh at what I want to laugh, but I say what I say. And I don't give a damn about this age crap. I'm just going to make them laugh because the jokes are good. And I went on stage and I performed the same way with the same confidence, but in my own voice, my body language, none of that kid filth crap. And when I decided I was going to sell this material as me, and I didn't care whether they didn't agree with it, all of a sudden now I'm getting the same laughs that the Kid Filth character was getting. And I didn't have to hide behind that bullshit. <laughs> and it's pretty cool. And it's funny, because when I looked back on the Kid Filth, there was a part of me that kind of missed the Kid Filth character. The same way you would look back and you would miss an old girlfriend or an old friend from back in the day, not remembering the parts of it that sucked. I looked back at, at, at Kid Filth and I thought, man, this, that was pretty cool to be able to do that character. And people loved that character. And for a moment I forgot, man, but it trapped me. I had to do that. People were asking for Kid Filth when I walked off stage. They weren't asking for me. And Kid Filth was me. It was just me with cat with damn sunglasses on. Hell no. There was a part of me that remembered the good stuff, but I, I forgot about the bad part about it. It's the same way when you think about an old girlfriend or an old boyfriend or an old friend. You forgot about the fact that the reason you're not together is because they did X, Y, and Z, and X, Y, and Z, each individual thing, X, Y, and Z, each one of them was a deal breaker. And they didn't just do X, they didn't just do Y, they did X, Y, and Z. You forgot about that when you saw them again. Man, she's this, and he's, or he's that, whatever you, whatever's going on. I really wish I could get back with them. No, you don't. Because X, Y, and Z is still there. You look back and you thought about the good parts about it, not realizing you were trapped. You were trapped by all the good stuff, not realizing that the bad stuff was there and you had to get rid of the bad stuff. And unfortunately, when the, in the case of a person, sometimes you can't get rid of the bad stuff and get to the good stuff because the bad stuff is so attached to them that it can't be separated and you have to get away from them because you're trapped by the good stuff and have to deal with the bad stuff and it's just not worth dealing with the bad stuff to have to deal with that person, so they gotta go. Of all the laughs I was getting with the Kid Filth character, I was trapped by the damn sunglasses and the body language and the inflection. I was trapped by that because I couldn't do what I wanted to do. Now, I had to do what people wanted that Kid Filth character to do, and I did not want to be trapped by a Kid Filth character. Didn't want to be trapped by Kid Filth. Didn't want to be trapped by the stupid sunglasses and the stupid voices. Didn't want to get trapped by that. That's what happens over the course of time. We start to remember all the good stuff and forget the bad stuff. It's kind of like food or a meal. You'll reminisce about a meal. You'll go, remember that time we went to that five-star restaurant and we had this thing and we ate that and drank that and this was great and that tasted good and then the person brought back and lit the flambe and we ate that and drank that and the people come and the guy with the water, every time he emptied the water glass, the guy was standing right there and would put more water in the glass and then we'd do that and they had the sorbet and we had this, that, this, blah, 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 blah. You remember about that. You reminisce about that. Why? Because it tasted good. You reminisce about that. You remember that part. 
But do you forget? But you forgot about the fact that your stomach was killing you the next day. Do you remember that part? You don't reminisce about that part. No, you don't remember that part. You just remember how great the meal was. Man, that meal tasted good. What about the stomach ache the next day? What stomach ache? Oh, I forgot about that. I forgot about the fact that that food was too rich for me and that it made my stomach upset. But it was great to be in that restaurant for a while and I looked great and I felt important being in the restaurant. It was awesome, but it made me sick. You don't reminisce about being sick. You just reminisce about the fact that you were in that five-star restaurant for one time in your life. You don't reminisce about anything else. You don't think about the fact that you were sick. You don't think about the fact that you, what happened to in the toilet. You don't think about what's in the toilet, do you? You don't reminisce about that. You just think about what happened to you when you walked in the restaurant and felt great. But now you remember all of it and you go, oh crap, I can't go back to that place. The food in there makes me sick. <laughs> and the reason I say that is because they keep asking me, well, you, 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 you going to do that kid Phil thing again? I go, no, that was a long time ago, man. I don't have to hide behind characters like that not like that i can do characters but i don't have to hide behind them i'll never hide behind anything else again never going to happen it's like i'll never go back to a restaurant that makes me sick with the food i'll never go back to that again that's like i will never go back to a person who did x y and z in a relationship when x y and z is a part of who they are there's no reason to go back to that can't do it won't do it why because you can't detach the x y and z from the rest of the alphabet i loved that girl's a I loved her B's, couldn't get enough of her V, but I did not want the X, Y, and then Z. Oh no, that was not for me, and I did not rhyme that on purpose, but it sounded good, didn't it? Of course it did. Shut up, don't judge me, you bastards. <laughs> Every experience that happens to you is kind of like nourishment food. You kind of got to take it all in. And whatever works for you, you use that, absorb that. And that will make you feel, that will nourish you, make you feel better, make you grow big and strong. If you haven't grown big and strong, and if you're already big and strong, it will help you stay big and strong when you take the nourishing things from the experiences that you have during the course of your life. You, you live your life, you take it all in, you get the nourishment. But remember, just like food, with the stuff you can't use, what does the body do with it? Kicks it right the hell out. We can't use these nutrients. There's too much of this nutrient, so this nutrient doesn't work with the body that this body doesn't the body doesn't even doesn't even recognize it so what happens it goes out right into the you know what when you and you pull out the paper and you clean yourself and it goes away well kid filth was kind of like that for me and when they brought it about for a minute i was like man i really should bring that character back and then i remembered what the what the problem was i took in the nourishment from kid filth and the nourishment was be able to sell the material you sell with confidence believe the fact that you're good at what you do and if you do what you do the way you want to do it people will find you the people that like what you do will find you and like what you do you don't have to make up some phony crap to get somebody's attention or to try to make yourself seem like you're better than you are or try to be something that you're not no find people that like what you do that's the nourishment and the people that come along and they don't like what you do or they have negative things to say, oh, this, this is not good, this is not this, I don't like this, this that. you well, they're, they're the part that the body can't absorb. There's no reason to absorb them. There's no reason they should be in you at all. And what happens to them? Flush. If you have a relationship with a girl, there's a couple of girls I have relationships with. It ended badly because, you know, for what whatever reason, I'm not going to say what the reason is. They cheated. And I'm not going to say what the reason is because I'm not that kind of guy. They cheated. But what I'm saying is, 
what I learned from them is, one, I enjoyed getting it on with them. Two, I know what kind of person I like. I know the traits of a woman I like. And I also know and can recognize X, Y, and Z pretty quickly. And if I see X, Y, and Z, flush. <laughs> Everything is just like that, man. Everything in life is just like a meal, man. Every experience is a meal. Some stuff you're going to be able to digest, and some stuff you got to flush out. You know? And that's what happened when they brought up the Kid Filth character. Hey, SF, you going to do Kid Filth again? Nah. <laughs> I don't need to do Kid Filth anymore. It's not necessary. I don't need him anymore. I haven't needed him in years. Besides... I'm a lot better than Kid Filth now. By a lot, you bastards. Yeah, I said it. I'm better than Kid Filth. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Besides, Kid Filth would not get on my podcast anyway. You know, why would I have Kid Filth on my podcast? Kid Filth has an attitude problem. And this is my my office here. And if he came into my damn office with sunglasses on with his dirty mouth, I'd have to throw his punk ass out. That's right. I don't like people that wear sunglasses inside of a building. That's just pretentious. And they need to get out. Yeah, I said it. Segment over. Hey, guys harrowing experience a little while ago well not harrowing depressing well not depressing annoying just think of anything bad and then add ing to the end of it and that's what i'm talking about here and the reason i say that's because i was just at the dmv with relatives i don't have to go to the dmv to the end of the year that's when my license expires so i got plenty of time i mean nearly really near the end of the year not a big deal not even thinking about it but when they went into the DMV, I stayed outside in the car because I did not want to go in to the DMV. Did not want to go in to the DMV. You know, I know DMV stands for Department of Motor Vehicles, but, uh, you know, but when you go in there, man, it's like, you know, maybe the D stands for depressed. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know? The M probably stands for melancholy and the V maybe stands for vexed something because do you go in there, man? And I'm telling you, man, I have yet I've been driving for a long time. I've never walked into the Department of Motor Vehicles except for one time in my entire life and seen a smile in the Department of Motor Vehicles. I have never seen a smile on a customer in the Department of Motor Vehicles. And I definitely have never seen a smile on the face of an employee at the Department of Motor Vehicles. No, never seen it. Except for the last time when I got this license that I have right now, which means obviously it was three years ago that this happened. And uh, I walked in and they were really, they were having a good time laughing and joking, working quickly. And I knew that just, guys, something just told me to get the hell out of there as quickly as possible because I did not trust it. Why the hell are you in the Department of Motor Vehicles, especially someone who has to work there on a daily basis? Why are you smiling? This got to be something wrong. Did you take my license and dip it in some kind of radioactive material and you sit in this sinisterly, la sinisterly laughing at me? I like to mess my words up. Shut up. And then you're laughing at me as I walk out going, ha, 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 he's going to be dead in a week. Is that what's happening? What's going on? Why are you so damn happy when I'm walking out of the, walking into the Department of Motor Vehicles? I don't trust it. I don't trust it.
Because the behavior was so out of the norm, so over the top happy, it made me think that there was something going on that I didn't know about, something I needed to know about. You've seen those movies and TV programs when somebody walks into the store, but unbeknownst to the customer, there's somebody behind the counter or behind a curtain or in the or hanging around this, you know, that that has a gun and they're going listen. When that customer gets in here, you need you need to be damn smiling. You need to smile, damn it. And you smile and work as quickly as possible and get them the hell out of there because there's no reason to get an innocent person shot. Now, I don't want to shoot you either. I just want to get the money out of this damn safe. And then you can just count to 100 and then I'm going to leave. But you get that customer out here as quickly as possible. How's it going, sir? Hey, what's going on? How come you didn't spit on me this time? Oh, no reason. We're just really, really happy to have you here. Is there anything that can help you with? You're actually going to help me? Yes, we're going to help you. We're going to help you with whatever you need help with. Well, normally you, I walk in and I say, how's it going? And you spit on me and say, what do you want, you bastard? And then I try to buy something. And then, you know, the security guard stands so close to me, I can feel his breath on my neck. And then I walk out and the entire staff walks behind the counter. And actually, I, you actually took the security cameras off the wall and held them into your hands and followed me out to my car and followed me out of the driveway until I left and said, stay away, you bastard, and then went back into the store. But this time you're actually smiling at me and being nice. I don't know what's going on here. Oh, this, just please get out. Oh, uh, okay. Yes, and, and if you see that, that thing over there that, that, that behind the curtain where it looks like someone's holding out the tip of a rifle aimed at my head, well, that's definitely not that. Please get out, and whatever you do, don't call the police and send them back right now. Oh, all right, I'll honor your request and not send the police. You dumb bastard. Because <laughs> that's what it felt like. It felt like they, they, they were just so nice, and I didn't get it. You know? At one particular time, and we and you know what's happening. You've been in that situation before where you go someplace and the person is just a little bit too nice and you just don't understand why. You got a waitress that was really, really nasty to you on a regular basis and now she's just a little bit too happy to hand you your food and she just stands there. I just want to see if you enjoy it and you're going, you spit in this, didn't you? You wiped this on your butt, didn't you? What the hell did you do to this food? And then she walks away and you see her butt and you go, you know, if you wiped it on your butt, I'm not exactly going to be upset about it. In fact, is there any way you could come back and wipe? Okay, that's wrong. That's, I know that's wrong. That's pushing it. That's pushing it. That's pushing it. That, that, would, you, would you do it? No, that's wrong? Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I got weird, didn't it? Yeah, well, don't judge me. Shut up. Now, listen. But that's the thing about the, the Department of Motor Vehicles. I sat outside in my car, and they walked inside, and you could see people walking in to the Department of Motor Vehicles from the car like something was wrong. Like they knew they were going to go in and they were going to get, you know, f flogged or something. But they walked in, and yeah, like the goddamn Department of Motor Vehicles, this place, and goddamn, they suck. You walk up to the front door, you see everybody sitting in those chairs all depressed. Like they're like they're in court and they're all waiting to be sentenced to something. And because yeah, if you, as I got carjacked once, and I'm sitting in the courtroom and I saw the guy that may or may not have carjacked me. I didn't get a really good look at him because I was trying to avoid being shot and got the hell out of the way. But if you see the people all sitting there, they all sitting there with their heads down, like, oh Jesus, oh God, this is so sad. Oh man, I feel real bad being here, Max. I'm about to go to jail for like three months, six months, a year, whatever the hell it is. 
you know, or it's a relative. Oh man, my relative's about to go to jail for six months or three months of this. This is this is really depressing. I don't really want this. It's horrible. I can't believe that they made choice, that kind of choice and made this kind of stupid decision and put themselves in a position to go to jail. I really don't understand this. And that. Or you got the other people who were the victims of the crime. Man, oh man, I hope this bastard goes to jail because if they don't put this bastard in jail, I don't know what I'm going to do. Can't believe this guy did this to my relative. Or if you're the victim, can't believe this guy did this to me. I can't. I didn't even do anything to the guy. Why would you do this? And then the judge walks in and then this, that sentence, this, that, jail, not jail, go to jail, could not be in jail maybe jail sometimes probation maybe not probation dismissed not dismissed this that blah 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 and then you see the people walk out sometimes the people walk out happy because they were the victim of the crime and the person got what they deserved or they're happy because they're the person who was who was a relative of the criminal and the criminal got off even though they deserve to get something or you have people that walk out all depressed because they didn't do in the courtroom what they wanted them to do they're bummed out oh no this sucks and those people, after those traumatic experiences, after being in court, seeing the justice system do what it does or do what it does badly or do what it does well, just do what it does. Those people walking out of court are happier than the people that looking like they look in the DMV. The people in the DMV look like they, they look like something really bad's about to happen. They look like they can't believe that they're going to have to sit there for all of that time. And it's like, you know, I'm sitting there going, listen, you, you're actually just, you're only going to have to do this once every four years. It's not a big deal. You only, I mean, say, say you sacrifice this day. This day of sacrifice is going to give you an opportunity to drive your motor vehicle for four years. You should be happy that you only have to do this. Imagine if you had to come back and renew your license every month or every week. Imagine if it was like that. Imagine if you had to go to the DMV every time you drove your car. Well, I didn't think about it that way. Exactly. So everybody stand up in the DMV and say hallelujah that you only have to come here four times. Hallelujah that you don't have to do this every week. Hallelujah that you don't have to do this every month or every day. Can you can can I get a hallelujah from everybody? <laughs> well, apparently from what just happened just now, uh, the DMV um, does not screen for weapons. And uh, I see a lot of guns aimed at me. So I'm going to go outside and shut the fuck up. And uh, try not to cheer all you depressed bastards. <laughs> Please stop aiming them at me. I'm going to go outside now. <laughs> Thanks for putting your guns down. I'm leaving. I'm going to go. Okay, it wasn't that bad. But you know what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, this is one of those places, the DMV, where everybody just... Like I said, I literally... If, you, if you've ever seen anybody smile at the DMV, if you've gone to the DMV and there's someone in there laughing and joking, I'm telling you right now, that person has bodies in the basement someplace. That person has either killed somebody or is about to kill somebody. That person has problems. And I would suggest not sitting next to that person because there is something wrong with them. There's no way in the world you need to be smiling at the DMV. That should be one of those tests. Before they allow somebody to become a police officer or any kind of person that's going to be carrying around a weapon, going to the army or something like that, they should hire some kind of secret service group and have them follow that person around and follow them to the DMV and let them sit there and if they see them smiling at the DMV they should immediately file a report and it shouldn't even be on paper it should be the kind of report that is filed on a tablet you press the button it'd be two buttons person smiled at the DMV person is depressed like a normal human being is at the DMV and if they smile you press the first button and they get rejected from any job where they have people's lives in their hands because these people are unstable and do not need to be in that position that's right I said it
the DMV sucks. And I'm not telling you anything you don't know, am I? Of course not. The DMV sucks. Segment over. <laughs> you know what? This is something I saw uh, when when I did the segment of this episode when I was driving in the car. And uh, it was it was a truck in front of me and it had these canisters in it. And, it, you know, it has the, you know, you have the signs on the back that tell you the contents of the characters, you know, flammable, toxic, radioactive, human waste, this, that. It was one of those types of signs. But on the back of this truck, it had a sign and a bunch, actually, well, not a sign. It had a bunch of signs that basically said that the gas inside was not flammable, was not toxic, was not explosive. It just listed all of the things that the gas or whatever the container was in the container wasn't. In essence, it was about 97 signs on the back of this truck, letting us everyone know that the stuff on the truck would not harm people in any way. I don't necessarily think that's necessary. I don't think that's necessary. I personally would like you to tell me if there is something for me to worry about. You don't have to tell me about stuff that's not going to be a problem. Why didn't you have a sign on the tires that said, these tires are going to absolutely not detach from the truck and then go to your house and drop kick your kid down the steps. I mean, I just assumed that they weren't going to do that. There was no sign necessary. You don't have to walk down the street with a sign on your chest that says, not going to drop kick your grandmother. I'm going to assume that most people are not going to drop kick grandma. I pretty much can assume that. Grandma's been pretty much non-drop kicked for 80 something years. I don't think now that her streak of not getting drop kicked by strangers is going to be broken by you. The sign wasn't necessary right now when you put a sign on the door you see an exit sign that sign is necessary because I want to know how to get out but you don't have to put a sign on a wall that says do not walk face first into this because that shit's gonna hurt you dumb bastard no you don't need that sign you don't have to put a sign on, on sodas. There, This soda contains absolutely no urine and spit. I'm just going to feel safe in assuming that none of that stuff is in the soda. You don't have to tell me that. I get it. Now, I know some people are going to go, well, you, 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 if we, we could put the sign on there to let you know that, that, that there's nothing in there. I mean, wouldn't you like to know that, the, that there's nothing dangerous inside of these canisters? Well... Most people aren't idiots. And most people, if I'm driving behind you in a truck, which I won't, by the way, because as soon as I see any of those trucks, no matter what the hell that sign says, I'm not driving near. You know why I won't drive near the truck? Even if it has a sign that says something like that? Because people tend to not change signs when they should change signs because they're freaking lazy. You ever go to McDonald's at 3 o'clock in the afternoon and the sign still has breakfast on there? And you go up and you go, oh, you're still doing breakfast? That's an interesting thing. I'd like to have an Egg McMuffin. And they go, sign, we're not doing breakfast anymore. But the sign says, oh, we just, have, we just did not get around to changing the sign. Really? So the sign, which is basically your connection to the public, your information to the public, letting them know what's for sale right now is inaccurate. Well, that's just fantastic. So when I see a sign on the back of the truck and it says not flammable, not poisonous, I don't know whether or not that that stuff is actually non-flammable or, non, or non-poisonous. I don't know. 
You could have just been too lazy to change the sign. You could have taken those cans off of another truck, put it on the truck, and then drove away without, ain't nobody cares about those signs in the back. <laughs> you could have done that. How many times have you seen people do that? How many times have you seen people look at a sign that has the word stop on it? A sign that does not change. That sign that is always there that means anytime you encounter this sign, please stop your vehicle, you dumb bastard. And people roll right through it, knowing they could possibly run someone over. So the signs mean nothing. So all I'm saying is you should just put up signs when something's actually dangerous. Don't put up a sign telling me everything's cool. I just assume everything's cool, damn it. Now, when this segment is over, which will be in a couple of segments, I'm going to put on my jacket that says, not going to stab anyone today. That's right, today, because I may change my mind and decide to start stabbing people tomorrow. You don't know that. <laughs> of course you know that. I'm not going to stab anyone, you sick bastards. I'm just trying to make a point. So people carrying your stupid canisters on your stupid trucks, just tell me when there's something dangerous up there. Don't tell me when there's crap up there that's not dangerous. Let's just default to you're not going to put on anything that's dangerous. I'm just going to give you that amount of credit. I'm going to do that for you because I think I don't want to piss off anyone who has access to radioactive shit. Because <laughs> I, I really don't want to do that because then they can, you know, they can go, when he was talking shit on this podcast, I'm just going to put some radioactive active shit near him and then watch his hair fall out but the joke's on you i have a full head of hair and i shave my own head so shut up punk and get back on your truck full of death canisters that probably really actually poisonous even though you got a sign up there that says it's not poisonous and not excuse me do it in the truck I'm sorry I cut you off and almost drove you into that pole, but I just wanted to find out and be completely sure the signs on the back of your truck said that the canisters on this truck are not poisonous, not radioactive, not human waste, not dangerous at all. Is that actually true, or are one of you lazy bastards like the people at that McDonald's 10 blocks of my house that never get around to changing the signs because they like to laugh at people that try to order crap that they're no longer making? <laughs> Uh, sir, uh, it's a regulation that we have to make sure that we always have the signs uh, be accurate. And uh, if, if you look in the back of our truck and it says that there's not a, there's nothing dangerous on the truck, then that means that because we have to, the first thing we do before we get on the truck is make sure that we check the signs and make sure that the signs are accurate and that uh, that there's nothing flammable or dangerous uh, in the back of the truck. Yeah. Um. The other reason I pulled you over is because the canisters are all glowing and your truck's on fire. Okay, I, sir, I just want to let you know that I actually just lied to you because, uh, you know, nowadays people are always carrying cameras. And I figured if I said that there was no way in the world that I knew that anything bad was back there, that when you were venting inevitably sued the company, uh, you would not add my name to the lawsuit. Well, I actually am recording this right now. Uh, I believe that I am now fucked. Yes, you are. Okay, none of that happened. But the fact is that that sign was on the truck where the sign says, oh, there's nothing dangerous on the truck, like I'm going to take your word for it. Like the signs on the side of the truck, oh, the driver only carries the $1.25 cash. Yeah, well, that's going to work. It doesn't apply to somebody like me that's not a thief. I'll never steal anything from anybody and never have and never will. But if somebody wants to rob the driver, you really think they're going to go, you better give me all your money. Oh, damn it, I just saw on the sign that it says he only has a $1.25. 
25, which is actually probably pretty much close to impossible because in every stop he has to make a financial transaction and he has to have change and he has to have access to the safe, at least peripherally, meaning he can put money in. So he probably would have about a couple of hundred bucks in his pocket. But because I see this bullshit sign on the side of the truck, I'm going to take their word for it and leave him alone. <laughs> no. So all I'm saying, people, is make sure your signs tell the truth, damn it. Make sure your signs tell the truth. Make sure they're accurate. And now I'm going to put on my hat and go outside. And on my hat, my hat says not going to punch strangers in the face because I'm not going to punch strangers in the face because I never punch strangers in the face. And I have to wear this hat because I made a mistake and wore my other hat that said I am absolutely going to punch strangers in the face. And then strangers tried to punch me in the face as a preemptive strike to me punching them in the face. And it was a long day. So today I'm going to wear a sign on my hat that says not going to punch strangers in the face. So today should be easy. <laughs> oh crap, I just checked my shoes and all of my shoes says I am absolutely going to kick strangers in the balls. The day will not be as short as I thought. It's going to be a long day. Damn you, signs. Segment over. How famous do I want to be, people? People ask me that. Do you want to be famous? Yes. Do you want to be mega, ultra, mega, 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 ultra, mega, super duper, mega, ultra, mega, incredibly, mega, ultra, ultra famous? No. I just want to be pausing the name famous. You know, and at the outside, I would like to be pausing the name, stretch name famous. And you're going, what the hell are you talking about? Well, I'll tell you, dang nabbit. You see, when you start becoming famous, when people start to respect what you do, you become paused before the name famous. You'll get introduced, like, and this person has done this, 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 this. And I'd like to welcome... S. Anthony Thomas, yeah! That's pause before the name. And that's what happens when people respect you as an artist. You get the pause before your name. Next level up is when they add to that the pause in the middle of your name. And I'd like to bring you to the stage. This next person, he's done this, 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 this. Please welcome S. Anthony Thomas. See, that's the pause in the name. That's the next level. That's where I'd like to be. I want to get the name pauses. I want to get the pause before my name and the pause in the middle of my name. Because when you get the pause before your name, they respect you in the industry and the person bringing you up has love for you and respects what you do. You need to get the pause before your name and the pause in the middle of your name. That means the people in the industry respect what you do. The person who's introducing you respects what you do. And the people came to see you respect what you do. And they know who you are. That's a great level. And that's the level I want to get to. But there's another level. Excuse me, I'm about to cough. <clears throat> I meant clear my throat. There's a higher level than that, my friends. And it's called the name stretch level. You see, in the beginning, as I said just now, you get the pause before the name, and that's when people like what you do. You get the pause inside of your name when people like what you do and know who you are. And then you get the name stretch at the end when people know people in the industry know who you are, people in the people who know who you are and like you and respect you, and the name extension at the end, the name stretch is when people know who you are and love you and came specifically to see you. And I would like to get to that point at some
some point, but I'd be happy with just a pause in the name. Let me tell you what it sounds like when you get the pause before your name, the pause in your name, and the name stretch. It sounds like this. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to bring this to the stage. A very, very wonderful man. He's done this, 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 and this. Please put your hands together for S. Anthony Thomas! Oh, yeah. That's where I'm going, folks. I want to get the pause before my name, the pause in the middle of my name, and the name stretch at the end. That is the best. And I am going to work my ass off until I get to that point. And I want to take you bastards with me. In fact, you bastards are going to be the reason I get there. How do I get there? By having an audience as large as possible. And how do you get an audience as large as possible? By doing a good show on a regular basis. And what happens after you do a regular show on a, re- a good show on a regular basis? People listen to you on a regular basis and bring friends and their friends listen on a regular basis and they bring friends and that's what you've been doing and that's what i need you to keep doing folks because if you love the s machine and i'm talking about me then what you need to do is tell all your friends about the show and make sure you come back every week and make sure you subscribe wherever you listen and make sure you do me a huge personal favor my friends my family my sass fam you weird bastards you sick bastards what i need you to do not only is the i need you to come back I need you to listen on a regular basis. I need you to tell your friends and tell your friends to tell friends and family. I need you to give me some good ratings on whatever podcatcher you listen to this on, whether it be Stitcher or iTunes or TuneIn or whatever the hell you're using, Pocket Cast. I don't care what it is. You need to do me a huge favor and spread the word, you sick bastards. Spread the word. And put some good 27-star ratings on whatever podcatcher you listen to this show on. I'm asking you to do that. That's me asking you to you to do that for me. I need you to do that for me, you sick bastards. Do you know why I'm saying that? Because this is the end of the show. What show am I talking about? The S. Anthony Says Podcast. That's what you've been listening to, damn it. I want to thank you guys once again for everything that you do, you sick bastards. Much love to all of you. I appreciate you. I appreciate the kind words. For those of you that would like to send your devotionals to yours truly, to tell me how much you love me and how incredible I am, and I don't blame you because, quite frankly, I am incredible, please feel free to send that love to the S. Anthony Says Podcast at gmail.com. Or if you're on Twitter, please feel free to follow me on Twitter in two places. The first place is at S. Anthony Thomas. And the second place is at S. Anthony Says. Please feel free to do that. I would love it if you do that. And the home base for the podcast, if you want to go to the flagship, the home of the podcast is S. Anthony Says dot podbean dot com. I want to take this time to thank you, you sick bastards. And yes, I'm going to keep saying you sick bastards because that's what I refer to you guys as. You sick bastards. And if you want to comment on the show, please make sure that you use that hashtag, your sick bastards, Y-A, sick bastards with an I, not bastards, bastids. You know what I'm talking about. Much love to you all. I will see you next week. As always, much love to you, you sick bastards. You're the greatest of all time. My podcast audience is the greatest of all time, damn it. And I mean that sincerely. And to those of you in the future who are listening to this, 
which is episode 146, and say you're listening to like episode 900 or some crap like that in the future, and you come back to listen to this. First of all, if you're listening in the future and I'm at episode 900, I mean, I can't even imagine how incredible I'm going to be by then. <laughs> all kidding aside, thank you for everything that you do. I really appreciate everything that you guys do, everything that you guys, um, the kindness that you guys send to me uh, on Twitter and Facebook and Tumblr and all those things. Much love to you all. Thank you very, very much for everything. S. Anthony out.